This is MarTech Interviews, a podcast from DK New Media, publishers of MarTech, the leading publication for sales and marketing professionals to research, discover, and learn how technology is driving business results. Your hosts are Douglas Carr and Harrison Painter. Welcome to another in our MarTech Interview series. My name is Harrison Painter. I'm your humble host today, but never fear. The genius of Douglas Carr is near. He's in studio here as well. Wait, you're humble? When did you become humble? I'm a very humble, humble man. (laughs) Very humble. You're bigly humble. I am bigly humble. (laughs) Today we have a very special guest in the house. We have local to us right here in Indianapolis, Christian Painter, one half of the amazing, comedic, magical, mind-reading duo, Christian and Catalina, from the Mind Tripping Show. That, that is the longest introduction I think I've ever had right there. That was huge. <laughs> there was some good adjectives in it, though. Yes, yes. Uh, yes, we're the uh, Comedy Mind Reading Show right here in at uh, Hilton here in Indianapolis. And we do it every weekend. And we've been uh, performing there for about seven years now. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. Interesting. So almost a decade right here in Indianapolis. So before that, you were a national touring act, yes? We did uh, cruise ships and casinos and colleges and performing arts centers. And literally, we literally traveled all over the world. And we kept, because you know we're getting older, so we're like, yeah, I don't want to travel so much. So you keep getting smaller. All right, just the United States. All right, just the Midwest. Hey, how about just Indianapolis? That'd be great. So now that's what we wanted to do, is kind of create a, a, a performing venue where, we're, where we can go home every night. So why Indianapolis? This is where I grew up. I grew up here. Interesting. And we, we could go through a long story of how I ended back up in Indianapolis after touring all over. But Indianapolis is actually a very great town. Uh, cost of living is great. The weather is moderate. I know some of the winters can be rough. But, I mean, overall, it's a, it's a really nice area. So Indianapolis is not really known as a mecca of entertainment. It is not. And that's a plus and a negative. So that's a plus and a negative. So seven years ago, when you decided to pivot and make this transition, how did you even get started? So you're talking about specifically at the Hilton, for instance. Well, at the Hilton, and how did you spread the word? How did you even start a marketing plan based on we're going to do a show at a hotel that's never had a show before? Right. So, so things change because when you are an act that tours and travels, I'm, I'm marketing to a very specific set of people. In other words, I'm marketing to uh, entertainer buyers, whether they be the, the uh, uh, entertainment industry itself or cruise ship industry or performing arts industry. So... It's almost laser focused. You know where to go. But when you open your own show, I'm now I now have to market to the public, and that became a massive learning curve. You you know I can honestly say you're not ready for it. You know if you haven't really thought this out, you're not ready for this change in how your marketing is going to happen. But didn't you start this with like a million dollar marketing budget? Uh, no, no, I had no, <laughs> I had just not, short of it. <laughs> yeah. I was just, I was so close, but no, uh, it's true. You sit down and you, and you look at your budget, you know, cause you're, because, and I do tell this to some of the younger people in our own industry who sometimes go, I'd like to do what you and Catalina are doing is I say, you're going to have to have a sizable chunk of change when you start. So don't buy into sometimes you see these people, well, I started my business with $500. Yeah. That's probably not true. But wait, I got a Facebook and Snapchat account. Yeah, it's not going to get you very far. Yeah, you got two friends, and they'll come to your show, and then you'll be done. Well, no, because your mom and dad will come too. But you've you've got to you've got to approach this serious, and I think that's what people don't understand. This is a real business, no matter what you're doing. I mean, yes, for entertainment, it's real, but no, but it's real, and you have to. You can't as soon as you start shortcutting, 
you're going to run into problems. And, and so the number one way people shortcut is, well, I have a friend who can do X. And that never works out. Yeah. You're going to make the investment. You know, what's interesting is, I, so when you were a national act and, mm -hmm. and doing cruise ships and everything else, you were, were you 100% reliant upon a, a, like an external promotion team that you didn't even know about? No, oh, actually, actually not at all. So what you would do is you, you have to create a video, which you, you would hire maybe outside people to make this nice video for you. Um, you would just get up what we call in the business a brochure website, right? Because that's yeah. all I need. Because all they're going to do is go, let me see your brochure. Here's my website. I can see pictures. I can see part of the video. I can see uh, whatever I need to see. You can upload some high-res photos that they need to download. But you're kind of creating your own brochure, so to okay. speak. That's all it is. And then you are the one who has to get this, so to speak, hand the brochure to people. So your need for a marketing team is very little. Right. Uh, it's really you responding to whatever they tell you they need, and then you slap it on this website. But no one has to search for my website. Right. That's right. not the way that portion of the business worked. Got it. Which is totally different than what we're doing now. Right. Right. Okay. So Indianapolis, seven years. Mm -hmm. You got started. You had at least a small marketing budget to mm -hmm. kick things off. True. If you could do something over again, what would say one of the biggest mistakes you made in that first year or two that you kind of now wish that you wouldn't have made or that you could have tweaked out and done better? Yeah, that's a great question. And, and, and I get asked that question a lot. And here's, and, and here's the answer, which you might not like. And that is, I can't give you one thing because there was multiple things that I did wrong. And here becomes the problem. You don't know what you don't know. So you start and you think, Okay, I got to have a website. I know that. And this website has to be different than that old brochure website because I have to have people want to come to see me now. But what does that mean? How do you, how do you even build that website? What is that website? How's the architecture of the website supposed to, to work? And so I was smart enough at this point to now know you just don't get, get your friend who can slap up a website in, you know, in a day or two. You right. have to go find a professional, which now means you're going to have to put... And, and let me help people. It's not $500. It's not $1,000. It's going to be multiple thousands of dollars to go to a competent professional. Because think about this. If you are good at what you do, why are you, when you're trying to get people to buy you, going to try and shortcut that? Because that, that now looks like you're not very good, right? If you right. create marketing material that doesn't look very good, that's how people translate you. So you need to go to people, this is what they do, and say, here's my thousands of dollars, make me look good. Make me look as good as I'm supposed to look. And that's where people have problems because they always want a shortcut, but you have to do it. And I would say, if anything, that's the mistake I see most people make immediately is they're trying to cut their marketing budget first. And I never understand it because that's how people come see you. Right. You have to spend that money up front and you have to spend it with the right people. Well, I think it, the other mistake that people make there is they think that if they can spend a little bit more money or, or get a little bit better value uh, than their competitors are again, right? Well, their, their competitor has a great website and some landing pages and everything else. We just need to beat them. Well, that that's not true anymore either. Now it's you're competing with YouTube. You're competing with the local news station. You're competing with people that have hundreds of thousands, millions of dollars worth of internet budget. So you've got to get someone competent that can actually compete. You know, you're going to compete against the internet. That's right. That, that's exactly <laughs> yeah. right. Um, and 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 so when you sit down with somebody, you're going to learn things that you don't know. And you're like, oh, I'm supposed to be doing that. Yes, here's why. And also, you want to find someone who understands who you are. 
So, you know, because there's a lot of companies who will take your money, but you need to make sure that you understand that that person who you're working with understands what you're trying to accomplish and who right. you're trying to accomplish it with. And, and they're going to ask you a lot of questions. Like, they're going to sit down and go, what's your target market? Hopefully they do. <laughs> true. <laughs> true. Absolutely. So they're going to, you should be prepared to answer a lot of questions. So people get frustrated. Well, I want my website up tomorrow. Well, that's not a realistic expectation. Right. They're going to have to go through and, and really look at, you know, what's your market? What's your branding? You know, what, what are you trying to create? What are you trying to tell your customers? So you might end up spending a couple of weeks just working out and hammering out what your image is that you're trying to even put in front of the customers. And uh, I, th I think that's where you see people making mistakes. They just want to get everything. Like, in other words, here's when I want to start. Well, but that might not be real realistic. Absolutely. I think you always need that third party to come in. So, so you didn't have a huge marketing budget, but you had a marketing budget. I did. And, and, it, and it was several thousands of dollars. Um, Yes, several thousands of dollars. <laughs> but a typical small business can't come in and hire, say, like the number one marketing company in Indianapolis, DK New Media. Right. Right. I mean, we're oh, going nice. to be we're going to be out like of the that. budgets of some people. That's right? true. Yeah. But I am a firm believer that sometimes that's a good thing, right? Because you need to go through all of those steps. You need to go through some of those learning curves to understand what needs to be done a little more. So when you do hire a marketing company, mm -hmm. you know you're getting the value for the money that you're paying them. Right, I think you're gonna have to, uh, you're gonna have to figure out how much your budget is, whatever it is. And then, you're, and then I would suggest to people to go to somebody and start finding out where I'm gonna fit, what, what company can fit my budget. Exactly, yeah. And then make sure that that company understands you because you might go, well, I, you, the, I can afford these people. I don't think they understand what I'm trying to do or they're not listening right. to me. But find it. They're they're out there. They're going to find you. But you but don't stop. You have to always be increasing. Um, there, it's not. You can't. It's just not like marketing isn't like. Well, I did it. I, I'm done now. Right. We <laughs> we did that marketing thing. It didn't work. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I think you and 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 again it goes and especially when we're talking about this, the the internet marketing. I mean the rules change every year. Yep. Um, if you're you, this isn't something that you can just. All right. Well, I spent some money. I guess I'm done, and it's in it's in motion. It's a constant tweaking process, yeah. and and hopefully whoever you work with is is teaching you about analytics and watching what's happening, so you can watch your own trends to how they're coming to your website, maybe where they're losing interest on your website. Because sometimes people they make a website page, well, let's say a website, not just a page, but a website, and they think, well, I'm done. Right. Well, no, you got to keep analyzing. What are they doing when, he, when when are you losing the customer on there? You know, what what part of the process? as they go through, whether it's a brochure site or they're buying something or they're coming for information, you have to find out what's my funnel and where are they falling off mostly? And you might have to change that page around. You know, uh, we just had an interesting discussion uh, before uh, this, this interview and that was uh, putting your phone number on the website and where it goes. You don't think about that as a small business guy who's trying to get your business going. You're just like, oh, it's on there. But you start to realize people care and people get frustrated yeah. when they can't find stuff on your website right it's, yeah and it's and it's why you know it, having the wacky cool website um can actually be more frustrating to people than having the typical hey it kind of looks like everybody else's website <laughs> you know if it if it looks like everybody else in your industry people know hey i'm going to go to the top right and get this or that's I'm right gonna go to the bottom and get this or you know they they start to you know those those behaviors that have been taught over the last 20 years of the web are are taking hold with people yeah, I think unless you're in a very artistic or creative 
world, right? You need to have that expectation of user experience for folks. Do well, you agree but, with that? But, but yes, and I would say I'd even agree, even in an artistic world that I'm in, at least a couple of your pages, you can have some artistic pages, right. those are great, Absolutely. but your business page, and we'll, we'll say the page where I want to do business with my, with my client, better be very easy to understand right. and follow. Right. And you know what, you're not gonna figure that out on your own. Yep. This is where you gotta come to people like you guys and go, hey, what am I supposed to be doing here? You know, one of the things I, I and I'm going to jump back just a, a second because I want to reiterate what you said that was so important was you determined what your budget was going to be and then you went out and found the person that can provide the value, the maximum value for that budget. And that's that's awesome, right? right? It's the opposite of like the RFP process, which is tell us you can do everything and then we're going to pick the cheapest guy. <laughs> you know, right. And so everybody that responds to the RFP writes, yeah, we do that better than everybody else and they have no clue what they're doing or whatever. And, but they're going to bid low and get the, exactly. get the job. Exactly. And, and, and I want to say up front that it wasn't like I was brilliant and thought that out right off the bat. I'd already made those mistakes earlier on other yeah. things in my career so that when uh, Catalina and I had decided, yeah, this is what we're going to do, we then said, all right, and we, and I can tell you, we went around Indianapolis and probably went to, I would say almost 10 different companies nice. before we found, okay, this one understands us. They get what we're trying to do. And we're, and, and you know, what's great is yeah, we couldn't do everything we wanted, right? but what we did, we did right. Right. And that is huge. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, much better than the race to the bottom, right? I mean, yeah. I always say if, if, if you're going in for heart surgery, do you want the surgeon that, that graduated with a D? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Do you want the pilot that barely passed his exam yeah. or do you want somebody that's actually competent and yeah. knows what they're doing? So one good thing is, is we understand that a lot of these new companies, startups or small businesses can't really afford a full blown company to hire them for a monthly retainer and all those type of things. What can you say about market understanding? So again, you came into Indianapolis mm -hmm. in a market that's not an entertainment mecca mm -hmm. where typically people either a go to the movie theater go to a rock concert or maybe one of the national mm -hmm. broadway plays that kind of come through but other than that don't forget sports well in sports <laughs> yes yes i mean that's we are the mecca of sports <laughs> yes we are right but but when you put the colts or the pacers next to a mind tripping show at the hilton mm -hmm. how do you compete with that well you don't um one of the things you you have to understand is uh who's your market right and if you're and if you're coming to town to to you know see the Colts, you're not you're not going to come to my show. So why am I going to market to you? You came to see the Colts. I'm looking for the people who are coming to see this unique form of entertainment. Maybe they're going. You know what? We've we've gone to the movie. We've seen uh, some sporting things. But I need to take my wife out somewhere special, or I need to just do something different. That's the people I'm looking at. So you know, it's it's an interesting thing. Is is I always say, it's not that you're competing against these people. You have to find the people that want what you're selling. So you know, the Colts and 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 the Mind Tripping Show are not even in the same ballpark. We're not, right. you know, and I don't mean that financially. I just mean as as something interesting to come see. So I have to find the people who are interested in coming to see me, and or make sure that my sign is high enough you know, in, in the noise that they go when they are searching for me. Oh, there you go. Oh, that's yeah. what I'm looking for. That different thing. So, so don't go into the mindset. Uh, I always tell people this, don't go into the mindset of competing, go in the mindset of being that unique thing that you, Oh, I didn't even know I wanted that, but I want it. Right. Yes. That market differentiation. When you start this and you're looking at kind of marketing out there in the digital media, you really have no idea 
what you're, uh, not only do you have no idea what you really are supposed to be doing, you don't even know what's available. I mean, right. I'll give you an example, uh, retargeting. As a, as a regular person, you, have, you don't even know what that, you, right. heard, you hear the term, you know, I don't know what that means. And so what, later, if someone comes up and says, hey, are you retargeting? Here's an, I don't know what that is. Are yeah. you dropping some cookies, man? Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, so and, and here's the other problem. So let's say I go, hey, I just want to know what to do. And I, and I Google that. There's pages and I mean a million pages on what to do, and now you're lost in a sea of too much information. And, and everybody's telling you that that should be your number one thing to do. That's right. Or <laughs> or you get excited about something you see that it's a three year old page, which means yeah. that might not even be yeah. relevant. Right. Right. And you need to understand what needs to be in place before you move to before you get to retargeting. What that's do you right. need to do before retargeting? Because that's the, our. The reason why, you know, everybody gets motivated to do something different. The reason why we did this was we went and looked at all of the marketing material online. And so I could find incredible material about using Facebook ads. I could mm -hmm. find incredible stuff about retargeting. I could find incredible stuff about, um, you know, SEO and, and everything. But the problem was there was no sequence to it. Yes. Nobody was telling you, hey, before you start, uh, I'll give you an example that I always give to everybody. Um, an SEO company comes to you and they want to spend your entire $3,000 or $10,000 budget on SEO. Mm -hmm. And then, so you wind up, you do well, or you wind up ranking on these incredible terms and everybody comes to your website <clears throat> and leaves. <laughs> right. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Because the SEO, the SEO professional, it wasn't his job to make sure that you had those landing pages, right? It wasn't his job to put an email nurturing program in place where you could send people reminders when you're playing right and, and it wasn't you know his job to make sure that you were on social media so that they could go follow you so that you could follow up with them all he was interested in was where Did they come ranking. yeah and so those are the types of things that we talk about that hey before you seo is absolutely critical but before seo make sure you have these other pieces in place well here's another funny thing that i i i, I noticed and you know i'm not gonna say that i didn't do it because i did but you would, as you're, you know, you, you go around, you're trying to learn, right? And there, there's always um, little, uh, throughout the year, uh, people were talking about the the hottest thing, the hottest yeah. marketing trend. Oh, let's talk about... Uh, Snapchat. Yes, Facebook marketing, <laughs> or, you know, how do you get your message out on Twitter, or, you know, or AdWords, or whatever it is, whatever the hottest subject is for that particular quarter. Right. And then you sit and you listen to it, and you go, oh, I got to do that. And then you get home, and you're like, all right, let me fire up my Twitter account. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And then you're like, oh, this is a lot of work. And was it, were you even ready? Was this a time to exactly. launch that? And so when you just get a little hour-long talk at a lunch, it, it, this, might, this is why you got to have your professionals go, look, step by step. Yeah. You're not ready yet to launch this right. because of the time constraints or... You know, what, do you have all this information ready? You know, that's one of the things I got beat up most on when I was trying to change websites is my website guys would be, all right, I need your, I need your content. Oh, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm really good. I thought we covered that. No, we really, <laughs> because you understand a website guy making a website isn't, he's not writing your content, right? right? And so he's waiting for your content and, and that's a, just another thing that you have to learn yeah. as this business guy. Right. You don't go, hey, uh, Doug, make me a website. Right. Uh, well, you gonna give me some? Uh, there's some pictures of me on the internet. I think. Do you need something else? Yeah. Because this is and a lot that of work. Happens a lot. <laughs> well, it ha I mean, that's that's why we that's why we do we do this. You know, we go through this process, and we do wind up writing the website for right. the client. You know, because we know that they're gonna get into some of those problems. But right. Yeah. And so and so you might end up hiring 
uh, you know, a copywriter who's going to sit down and look at you or look at whatever your product is or your show and, and help you yeah. write good, good descriptions, good content. Because the worst thing you want is people to go to your website and they're like, well, this doesn't sound very good. Yeah. What is <laughs> Like a third grader. Is this? <laughs> right. Absolutely. And, and I mean, sometimes it, I, I cringe because I, I see that people just kind of threw up a website. And then when you Google their company, you'll even see in the description tag, just another WordPress website. I, I like homepage. <laughs> I like when the homepage is called homepage. That's my favorite. And, and, and this is the thing is you see that from really high end design companies. Sometimes mm -hmm. you go to the, and, and it's called home and you're like, Oh my God, you know, and you know, but it's the designer was worried about design. Right. He wasn't worried about SEO. He wasn't worried about that. And, and I think the normal business person like myself doesn't even understand that they think, oh, you're building my website, so we're done here. They, so there's an architecture, there's the HTML, there's the content. Right. Then there's the guy who's going to make sure that it's, that it's properly set up for all those Google search engines and the little bots that, that, are, that are out there wandering. So there, it's, this isn't just a one-man job anymore. Right. It's, it's multiple, and people don't understand that, I think, when they're starting this because that's not what we do. Right? right. I'm selling donuts. Well, I'm not, but I'm saying there's some guy there going, I'm selling donuts. Yeah. Oh, I have to know. I have to understand about these other terms. I don't right. even know what you're talking about. Right. And so it gets frustrating. And, and sometimes guys get, you know, they're just start. It's, it's easy to get depressed. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, it's overwhelming and it's even overwhelming to marketers. That's what we, you know, our clients, our clients are, some of our clients have, you know, $10 million budgets within their marketing department but they still don't have the expertise in certain channel areas that we do. So we help them out. So it's to the, to the small business. I, it's, it's, I don't even know how you navigate, you know, it's, 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 uh, it's overwhelming. Yeah. So let me ask you this okay. seven years in, mm -hmm. you've done a phenomenal job. I mean, you you sell out every weekend. This mm -hmm. is a great showcase. You've done thousands of, of corporate shows from this, right? Your position very I well. Know, I don't know thousands, but okay. But, I, but that sounds impressive. So yes, we'll go with that. Thousands. I like that. Thousands. Hundreds. Okay. Um, but a, a lot. Yes, you're right. Lot. It does generate a lot of, of, of extra work. Yes. You're positioned very well digitally in the sense of the third party review sites and things like that. Um, mm -hmm. uh, how do you measure success? How do you even know what success is digitally? Digitally. Okay, well, uh, there's really two ways. One is money, of course. Am, am, I, am I, you know, are people coming to my show and spending money? But also, you're looking at, you break down campaigns, and, and this is where it really, you know, you got to have your professionals helping you. Because you're not, if you figure this out on yourself, maybe you need to be the guy making websites instead of the guy doing the product. But, um, you, you know, one of the things, at least I was lucky, is early on I understood the importance of putting in uh, Google Analytics and things that will capture the information. So now you start figuring out, so if I make a campaign somewhere and I, and I have a certain landing page that they come on, I can see how many people are, are responding to that campaign. Right. Um, and then I can cut that short or change it or manipulate it. So what you have to do is it's simple. You're going to go, all right, so I'm going to spend $3,000 on this campaign, whatever it is. And then I make a funnel so that I can measure how many people are coming through. Now this, and here we go to things you don't know that you don't know. Um, it is possible if you have a, a website where they purchase things on your website, you can actually follow that process all the way through to the actual purchase. So, so now I can watch, did he come from that particular campaign, follow all the way through my website and buy a ticket? And so now if they do that, then I can start going, this campaign's going. So it's not just coming to my website. I have to follow that, that 
that person all the way through did they purchase. Right. Now, it's still fuzzy math a little bit because they might have came originally and, and loved the website. Then they got home and they showed their wife the website. Right. and So, you know, there's, it's a little fuzzy math, but still I can watch how many people and how far down into my website they go. So, so now, obviously, if I spend 3000 am I making 3000 plus from that campaign? And that's how you start measuring right. success. So let's pivot the here a little bit. The conversion funnel. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. See, these guys use bigger words. <laughs> the conversion <laughs> funnel. <laughs> well, it, it, but to your point, right? Analytics, I always tell people, is a question engine. It's not an answer engine. Yes. <laughs> you know, when you open it up, you just have a million questions. <laughs> it doesn't actually tell you what to do. And so uh, I just want to reiterate, you know, by, by doing campaign tracking, what you're doing is defining the answer. You're absolutely saying this is the route that I expect people to take. This is where I put money into this, and how did it do? That's right. And so you're you are getting an answer that way. And mm -hmm. I, I think there's two things that almost nobody does with Google Analytics, and it's campaign tracking and event tracking, and those two are critical, absolutely critical. So and, and I'm going to tell you why. I'll tell yeah. you why because it sounds like a lot of work. Work was a word I was going to go for. Yeah. So what happens is you. Because as the guy again here, you know, I come up with the idea, I, you know, I do my work, I, I put up my banners or whatever I'm doing to get this. Now I have to find out how do I right. put this together inside. And this is where you have to come back. And I tell people you have to use professionals. Right. Because I don't, you know, Google Analytics sounds simple, but it's not. And, you know, you get into it and it's easy to get lost. And look, if you put one, if you flick one switch the wrong way. Yeah you're not tracking your campaign yeah, anymore. Right. And you don't even know what that switch is because you know what? Yeah. You don't know what some of the stuff is in there. Right. And that's a harsh lesson you have to learn as that small business. You know, put me on front of a stage, in front of an audience, and I'm gonna have a blast. You're gonna laugh, you're gonna be fooled, whatever. Put me in front of Google Analytics and I'm barely getting through. But that's, but that's uh, that reiterates, you need to be in front of your audience. That's, that's right. That's where you're gonna make a difference. Exactly. Get somebody else. Get, yes. hire <laughs> yeah. the professionals. Yeah. And this goes back yeah. to what we said in the beginning. Your, your strength is out there in front yeah. of an audience, you know, making, making them laugh. Why am I trying to do your job? Right. And this is why I tell people, don't cut that budget. That, the only way to get people to your show is marketing. So that's where a huge portion of your budget has to go. So don't be afraid of that. Don't be afraid to spend that money. All right. So let's pivot a little bit here. Mm -hmm. let's, let's do a mini therapy, I'm sorry, consulting session. Oh, uh -oh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> In the sense of, so, so you've been doing things at a high level now for almost mm -hmm. a decade. You're doing very well, mm -hmm. but I would assume you still have challenges oh, absolutely. today, right? Everything's yeah. changing. It's evolving right. so quickly. So this is kind of a time in this interview where feel free to ask a couple of questions of where you're currently struggling mm -hmm. or a challenge that you're facing that we can get you an answer for. So, so here's a, you know, here's a great one. And that is, uh, uh, as you evolve and you you know you you find out okay now I'm at a level I'm, I'm very comfortable with whatever but I'd like to start pushing the numbers up or I'd like to get more people to to at least know that we exist because you know uh, visibility is always that thing you're struggling for you know I didn't I mean the number one thing I hear all the time is wow I didn't even I've never heard of that well I've only been here seven years so you know now I understand right <laughs> and you know it, it becomes frustrating sometimes. And so we thought this year we might look at social media and how we're going to push forward on social media because that's where people talk. And let's be honest, if a friend says, oh, you have to go to this, it was amazing. Right. There's nothing stronger in, in marketing. 
So that's what we're, we're, we're pushing for here. But my problem with social media that I've looked at, as we even talked about a little bit earlier, is that's work. That's a ton of work. You know, how, how, how do I manage a social media account where I don't, you know, want to put a pillow over my face? <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> See? Therapy. <laughs> <laughs> because it does. It becomes a monster, right? Like, oh, it's great fun for about a week, you know, because I can come up with funny things to say. You know, I right. don't want to put stuff on like, here's what I ate. It's got to be stuff that relates to what I do and makes me seem fun. But to do that every day. And, yeah. and, and if you're doing Twitter more than once a day, you know, how, how are you going to do that? How, are, how do you manage that? Now, are you, uh, are you writing any, like, news or blog posts or anything like that on your site or... Okay, so I would tell you this. Um, no. Okay. But um, on Facebook, uh, unfortunately, in Santa, this is where the guys yell at you, but on my personal account, I'm hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> and I will have people all the time like, oh, I love your posts and da da da. Yeah. And, you know, I'm the guy who gets 40 likes for, you know, something. Sure. Something I did. But, you know, that's a big difference between translating that to every day like a machine yeah. putting out something funny or interesting. Right. Well, I, I mean, minimum, and we talked about this a little bit before too, you know, one, one piece of it is once you, once you go to social media, there's no turning back. Right. And what I mean by that is people, once you show up, people expect to be able to speak to you, which is a hard, which is when you start to get big numbers, that's like me, it's impossible. Mm -hmm. You know, I can't keep up with all the conversations. I try. I think that's why they invented the 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 heart button and the like button and the <laughs> right. Yeah, so right. at least acknowledge I do, people. Yeah, right. so I can acknowledge people, you know, as as mm -hmm. they write stuff. Now, one thing that I would I, I I would say would be a great start is they have uh, social monitoring apps, and and some of them are really inexpensive, you know, ten twenty dollars a month or whatever, where you can literally put keywords in that are searching for because a lot of people what a lot of companies think is well i i have i have my twitter page up this is cool mm -hmm. but what they miss is some guy talking about your show at the hilton that didn't use your name mm -hmm. you know in the comment they used the name of your act they well, used right. the hilton they used whatever mm -hmm. and so what you want to be able to do is get even even a daily digest of just hey we got these three mentions Honestly, at a minimum, all you have to do is go retweet those or thank those people, right? Mm -hmm. Because now what you've done is expose it to your audience. You've taken their testimonial that you're a great show and released it to the masses. So you don't look like an egomaniac saying, I'm great. You're saying, look, this guy said I'm great. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's, nice. that's called being humble. Humble. <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah and, and so social monitoring is always a great place to start. Now, you have to understand, you know, what, what the keywords are that people are going to look for. And you might have to do some filtering. You'll get, you know, sites will mention you just for spam reasons and everything mm -hmm. else. But, you know, I mean, I, I look at something like that and I go, well, that's kind of a cool thing that if you were just echoing all of the accolades that you're getting on a weekly basis, even if it's just one or two, you know, that's fantastic because mm -hmm. now publicly you're exposing your testimonials to everybody else on social media. And now when people are looking for that Saturday night out, mm -hmm. they're going, hey, why don't we do something different? Now you're saying Twitter. Twitter or Facebook. Okay. And so so I can do yeah. everything you just said yeah. with Facebook as Absolutely. well. Absolutely. Oh, okay. Yeah, because not everybody has their profiles private. Oh, right, so right. So mm -hmm. mo most people have actually, most people are, are doing their stuff public. Mm -hmm. And so all of that can get picked up by these social monitoring. These social monitoring apps have streams 
from Facebook and Twitter and oh, everything I see. else. Okay. And so they monitor everything that's going on. Plus Google. Now, am I going to have to have my cell phone on me all the no. time? No, because that, that's the thing is, you know, you know, you educate people on how responsive you're going to be. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it might be, you might even want to comment and say, you know, hey, I, uh, I, I check once a day, I respond once a day or something like that. Don't expect an immediate reply from me or whatever. Um, but I'm, I'm one of those people. I, sometimes it's two days later or whatever. Um, I've never had anybody say, oh, my God, I can't believe you didn't answer this in five seconds. Okay. <laughs> now, the faster that you can be, I would say, the better. Mm-hmm. But we all have work to do. You know, so, so there's, um, for some reason, there's an expectation. And I think it's the younger you go. Mm-hmm. You know, the older you go, we remember when mom, you know, when grandma used to send us a, you know, our birthday card and it took three weeks to get to us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Waiting on that five dollars, Grandma. Yeah, young people are like, "Did you check my Snapchat yet? Yeah. Did you check it yet? Did yeah. you check it yet?" You know. So there, so there's, but I think it's it's a matter of setting people's expectations there. That hey, I'm going to check it on a nightly basis. Thank you. Okay. Be kind. Everything else. Um, the second one I would say is influencers in the area. Right? Is there's people like Bob Birchfield, right, mm-hmm. that around Indy. You know, that they're always keeping an eye out for what's going on you know, around and, and, uh, and so befriending those people online, right. And, mm-hmm. and throwing them a hello or a retweet or a thank you once in a while is really good because now you're again, echoing to their audience. Their audience is going there to look for something to do, you know? So around indie, that's exactly what it's for, you know? So if they're, if he's, you know, if you create a good relationship with you where he's always putting your stuff out there, well, now you just got a few more people. And so those influential, mm-hmm. you know, I don't like the, the word influence is a weird one because uh, I'll say there's two different types of influencers. One's that they just have a lot of followers and everybody, you know, a Kim Kardashian, right? Mm-hmm. Vaporware, you know, <laughs> you know, but there's other people that, you know, uh, let's say I'm trying to think of someone, you know, like a Mark Zuckerberg, mm-hmm. he's going to influence people. People are going to be like, Oh, Mark said this, you know, right. and they're going to go there and go do something. And so you got to be careful about who your influencers are. You don't want some guy that's a jackass that's, you know, irritating everybody and say, well, he's got 30,000 followers. Let's follow him. If they're wearing a, I'm kind of a big deal on Twitter t-shirt, <laughs> you probably don't want. I, I have them. one of those. Shut up. Are you serious? <laughs> <laughs> I have a Facebook one that says you like this. <laughs> <laughs> you like this. Yeah. So, so those the, are just ooh. two tactics that don't have to be you on social media all day. Um, the the third one that I'd say is, you know, mm-hmm. tools like Buffer or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, Buffer uh, Hootsuite does it as well. You could schedule tweets. Mm-hmm. So like if you have a show once a month, Mm-hmm. You could literally schedule, you know, for once a week, you know, a, mm-hmm. a tweet that goes out and mm-hmm. every week you could upload a, or every month you could upload, you could, you could literally put it in a spreadsheet with Hootsuite oh, and upload it and it'll mm-hmm. send it at the optimal time when people are paying the most attention to your account and stuff. And so you don't even have to be there, right? Wow. Now if someone responds, you know, you, you want yeah. some kind of message that says, Hey, someone just asked a question, you know, and you want to respond to that. But that's what a lot of what we do with our clients is they don't have those resources either. Mm-hmm. So we do two things. We'll, we'll take their blog and automatically publish it out mm-hmm. social media. Um, and they're writing once a week or more. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we're monitoring, 
you know, so that they can pull those in. And then we're identifying who the influencers are that they should be following and creating relationships over time. And that's kind of the the trifecta, I would say, of, of where we start with social media. Okay. Can, can we say that that doesn't sound easy? No. No. Okay. No. Social media is very time consuming, I would mm-hmm. say. But the tools can make it a lot easier. Okay. Once you learn like Hootsuite and you learn how to you know, do those things, then, then it's easy. And then there's notification services. So if someone mentions me, then you, you could have a text message you, mm-hmm. you know, there's things like that, that you can incorporate that get a nice stream flow. The worst thing that you want to happen is someone asks a question about your show coming up on Saturday and, and nobody answers, nobody answers it. You know, that's, that's the bad part. Okay. But here's the good news. I love that you said that doesn't sound easy. Yeah. Mm-hmm because it's not right but that's a blessing Mm -hmm. because historically a lot of folks aren't willing to put in the work right and if you're willing to put in the work you're going to be in that top 10 top two percent right if it was easy you'd have a lot more competition than what you have today the the advantage of social media there's disadvantages as well but the Mm -hmm. advantage of social media is let's say that you wanted to get the word out on your event so you started networking in town and you started to go to events in town and so you walk into the room, right? And you you can't just yell, "I'm the mind tripping show," and we have a that would not be very humble. <laughs> yeah, we have a show on Saturday, but on Twitter you can do that, mm. right? And then the other one is in a networking meeting, you're going to get to know those people and everything else. And and really, what you're after is not just them, but their network of people, mm. right? right? Well, it's the same on social media, except that social media encompasses a lot more than what's in that room you know so the opportunity with social media is huge it's very noisy though you right know? so you have to make a difference if you have a great sense of humor that's a great you know way of of jumping out there all right well it sounds like uh, i have a lot of work to do <laughs> <laughs> well we can help you <laughs> see there you go back to the professionals and, and, and i'll tell you even though i am because I've seen what you guys are talking about when I came in here today and you, you kind of laid down. And even having been in this now for a long time, seven years, uh, I would still get this because, again, it puts you back at that baseline. You're, you're putting it out in a nice, orderly fashion that yeah. you know, someone can understand because, again, we, you, know, you get frustrated as a small yeah. business trying to figure out, what am I supposed to be doing next? Not right. even what am I supposed to be doing. What am I supposed to be doing next? Right. And, and yeah, you can, you can some days just want to go home, shut the windows and doors and suck your thumb and yeah. grab a cookie or something. You're just, well, uh, and the great things that you told us, right? You, you already know your brand. Mm-hmm. You already have content that really drives home. You already have a conversion funnel set on your site. So now it's just time to amplify, right? You yeah. Know, so that's the great part of you, you already did the prerequisites, like jumping out on Twitter before you had those things, mm-hmm. you're not going to see as much of an impact. So that's the good thing. All right. So let's end the show with a couple of big, amazing knowledge nuggets for the listeners out there. Let's start with you. A knowledge nugget. Knowledge nugget. Um, if, if there was one thing that you wish you would have learned earlier mm-hmm. that you can share with somebody right now that's a startup, a small business, a mistake that you would like to prevent them from making, what would that be? I would say 100% do not go with your friends who are going to tell you, I will help you make a website or I will help you do this or I will help you do that because, and here's why. Okay, because they're always somebody saying, no, my friend is amazing. 
your friend has no skin in the game. Yeah. There's no money involved. So when he, when his wife yells at him because he's got to do this, or when something else comes up, your project has fallen to the wayside. Or you might find out if that's not your friend's actual business, he might not stay current of what's going on. So you've spent longer probably than you would with professionals, not gotten as good as product as you would have with professionals, and now what you've essentially done is wasted time with a substandard product that is going to represent you in a substandard way. That's great. Love it, love it. And let's end with the genius, Doug Carr. Right? <laughs> give, us, give us one tip or one tool for that same person, right? That small business just getting started, that entrepreneur. You know, you hit the nail on the head when you talked about uh, budget, budget, and I'm going to keep going back to that. So when you look at large companies, what they do is they basically say a, a, a company that doesn't isn't really interested in moving. They just want to kind of cover retention and stay the same. They might be spending, you know, five to eight percent of their total revenue on their marketing budget. But a company that wants to double in size might be spending 20, 30 percent. Or, or someone in a really competitive field where they have to spend 20%. We've had software companies that have spent over 50% of their revenue on marketing because they're in highly competitive and they're, and they're looking to grow. So one of the easiest things that you can do from a discipline is just like a 401k where you're going to say, okay, I'm going to put 10% of my income away for my retirement is do the same with your company. Say, I'm going to put 10% of my company's revenue towards marketing because that's going to continue to grow my company over time. And, and as my company grows, now the dollar amount actually grows with it that now I can, I can do more. I can do, I can go and start doing videos and I can go and start doing podcasts and I can go and start doing events and sponsorships and everything else. And so what you're doing is you're being disciplined that you, you never run that risk of, um, I only have, you know, five grand this year. You know, instead you start thinking I have 5,000 because that's, you know, 10% of my, let's say my, my income this year. Well, now I can take that and push it out, make more money, push more money out, push more money out. And that's how you're going to continue to grow over time. And you're going to get a lot more accurate if you're using campaign tracking and everything else on how you're spending that money and where it went. Cause, cause we do want companies to test. We want companies just like we're doing, you know, we're, we're testing different things to see what drives results. And I think everybody needs to have, it's not just having the bare minimum of a website and a this and a that, and a, you know, you have to go do other stuff, you know, you have to go and you gotta have the money to go do that other stuff. So after you get the bare minimum, grow your company a little bit, get a little bit more revenue, reinvest some of that revenue into new things, keep trying them and, and keep testing and optimizing. I think we just amplified awesome fellas. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I like it. All right. Well, I'd like to thank Christian for coming in. Now, if people want to find you, if they're in Indianapolis or coming to Indianapolis, where can they find you online? Well, online, you're going to find us at the mindtrippingshow.com. And all you got to remember is Mind Tripping Show or Mind Reading Show, and, and Google will find you and bring you to me. Look at that. At the Hilton. Love it. Love it. And I can say it's a fantastic show. How, how long be- is the show? The show's an hour and a half. Fantastic. Yeah. How big an audience? Uh, 60 people. 60. So it's, so it's, it's a, nice. It's, yeah, it's an intimate show. Well, we, we wanted to create it so that it, you, you felt like kind of a, uh, a small, intimate show. So yeah. everybody kind of gets to know each other, and it's a, it's a lot of fun. Like a lounge show 
from Vegas. That kind of you come in, you, you bring your drink up to the showroom, you relax, and you're and you're now you're in the show. That's fantastic. That's awesome. Love how, it. how late in advance should people order their tickets? Um, as you get, I will tell you, we sell out a lot. Yeah. So um, if you wait to the day of, you're probably not going to get okay. to see the show. You, you okay. Need so to, try a week ahead at least. Yeah, I would go a week ahead. Okay. Great. Love it. Well, I think that's it for us for this episode. I think it's been pretty awesome, fellas. Absolutely. I've had a great time. Thanks for having me. Thanks. Thanks for coming. The MarTech Interviews Podcast is recorded at DK New Media's state-of-the-art podcast studio at the Speakeasy in downtown Indianapolis. Subscribe at martech.zone. Sponsorships and marketing services are available through dknewmedia.com.